Hi, this is Rachel on Recovery. We've got a special guest today with us, Cheryl Costo. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself and then she's going to answer some questions for us. Cheryl, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, Rachel. Um, I am 41 years old and um, I grew up in Augusta, Georgia. I was born and raised there um, by two parents that were married until I was about 14. They decided to to break that up and get divorced. Um, I also have an older sister. She's like four years my elder. And uh, we grew up in a, I mean, a, I don't know how to describe the home life. Um, it was stable, but not um, what you would call ideal. As far as we always had electric, we always had water, we always had a roof over our head and clothes on our back. Those types of things were taken care of. So, um, so there's that. And they, um, when they divorced, they basically divorced all of us. Um, my sister as well. We were kind of left as wayward children. I was left to fend for myself at a very young age, uh, 14 years old. And I was, um, I, you know, left to kind of get by by any means necessary. I had little odd jobs working restaurants, fast food, whoever would hire me at 14, you know, and then moved on to like uh, Goodwill Industries. They hired me when I was 15. Um, ended up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at 17. And um, met my first love there and ended up getting married to him. I was um, in adult entertainment at that point in my life. And um, we ended up married and had my first child. Um, then I got divorced because, you know, with the adult entertainment, that didn't work out so well with the marriage. Um, he did stray in the marriage and I did divorce him. And then later on, um, ended up with some real bad drug addiction issues, um, had two more children that are not with me either. I have three children, none of whom were really raised all the way by me. Um, the first child was with his father from the age of four on. And also, um, I have a, a little girl that is 15 now and a little boy that is 11 now, and they are both um, with my mother, and that's a, that's a whole other ball game there. Um, Bad, bad decisions um, made while under the influence of uh, illegal drugs. But um, I am 41 years old now, and, you know, I have been clean and on the other side of drug addiction now for five years. And I'm happy to say that um, I am a grateful recovering addict, and God has led me to where I'm at today, which is pretty joyful, but still with some issues underlined issues okay we're going to talk about your borderline mother because we do that around here um here's some here's our first question when did you realize something wasn't right with your mom oh well uh, my mother was a what i would consider to be a good mother you know as far as what i know about mothering um when i was a child a very young child um I remember her, you know, tucking me into bed or, you know, cooking dinner for us when she got off work and uh, teaching me how to clean and, you know, um, just kind of being there, you know, um, giving me some guidance and um, how to's and what in life all the way up until the point of um, the divorce. So I'm going to and then, you know, when the divorce happened. I went from a mother that uh, worked a job and came home to her family every night um, and actually acted like she, you know, 
kind of enjoyed her children to a mother that did not come home at all. And if she did, she was drunk. And, uh, you know, sometimes there were men, uh, more than one, not several, but more than one. And, um, you know, they would come in drunk, smelling of alcohol. And that's, you know, whenever she decided to show up. How did your mom's BPD affect your education? Well, I was 14 when this was going on. And um, my dad was, I chose to live with my mom at first. I was 14 in the state of Georgia. You're allowed to choose who you would like to stay with. So um, being that my mother was my closest um, person that, you know, was always around and that I depended on and my mother, um, I chose to stay with her in the beginning of this mess. And um, she, like I said, you know, her behavior changed uh, drastically during this time in her life and in mine. And um, so my education was very much hindered. Um, I was left alone to, you know, just do whatever. And I chose the wrong roads and the wrong friends and hanging out with the wrong people and doing the wrong things. You know, I was more interested in boys and uh, started getting into drugs, Um, started smoking pot and started drinking alcohol. I remember waking up several mornings in the age of 14 with a bottle of Boone's Farm, you know, clutched underneath my arm and drinking half gallons of vodka with uh, much older men um, and partying and living that kind of lifestyle when I was supposed to be going to school. So as far as an education, you can pretty much say I didn't get one because um, I was a forgotten child and I quit school basically uh, at the age of 15 uh, for good. I was after the age of 15, I never attended school again. Um, How has this affected your ability to date? Um, well, I didn't have good, um, I didn't have a good role model as far as, um, men go. Um, my dad, uh, he wasn't a horrible man at all. I I love my father very much as a matter of fact, but I, he didn't treat my mom the way I wanted to be treated. I knew that the way that she was being treated by him was not something that I would set my standards on as far as, um, I guess I built my own personality somehow, somewhere, some friend or some household that I had seen um, showed me something that I liked better than what I saw in my own home. Um, as far as, you know, role models go, as far as the relationship, um, my father cheated on my mother. Um, this was, exposed and you know for the family to know about and I didn't like that Uh, I know that my mother was very hurt by that Um, also you know um, I was called names like you know whore slut you know things of that nature when I when um, like sexy lingerie or you know something pretty underwear and things like that were found in my drawers um, by my mother and and by my father So I was called ugly names from the very beginning um, because I enjoyed nice lingerie. So um, I don't know 
exactly how to answer that as far as how my mother affected my, um, how the, how she affected my dating life. But I think it was, um, it's pretty horrific really, because I didn't really have any good things to, to base it on except for outside my home, you know, maybe at a friend's house or somebody that I went to try to go to church with and things like that. I knew that my life, because I did get out of the house a little, was not, um, it didn't seem as nice as, uh, the people that I was choosing to hang out with at the time before I went off stray with the drugs and alcohol. Okay. Um, how has this affected your career? Well, <laughs> Rachel, let's see a career. That would mean that um, I went to school, got an education, and actually made a career for myself. These things did not happen for me. Um, so I would greatly say that this, my, you know, my choices um, and the effects of my mother and her uh, mental health disorder definitely affected my life greatly for many, many, many years. Um, and I don't play victim, you know, I'm, I, I've, I've realized that, you know, we are who we are and I've accepted my choices. Um, everybody has choices in these matters, but as far as a career, I don't have one to this day. I'm 41. I don't have a career. I am a janitor and I enjoy my job. I enjoy cleaning. It's like a therapeutic, um, coping mechanism for me and it has been for many years and I enjoy the job that I do now. But it's not a what I would call a career. I did um, get my GED when I was uh, 33 years old in a jailhouse. And um, they offered a GED program when I was locked up for uh, a domestic violence charge. I had put my hands on my boyfriend because I was very uh, angry about a lot of issues in my life that I had not dealt with healthy. And I did put my hands on him and I went to jail. I obtained my GED when I was 33 years old. And then after that, I went on to do some college, um, took a course in uh, medical assistance. And, uh, eh, you know, I didn't, I realized after a couple of quarters of that, I wasn't interested in ever doing that job. So I quit because I really wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for my mother because she kept telling me how much I needed to have an education and how much I needed to make something of myself and, you know, the things that I were doing, like, you know, serving and waiting tables and things like that, you know, wasn't good choices and they weren't careers and I needed to have a career. So I kind of fell into trying to please mom um, and kind of fell out of me. So the whole going to college wasn't really a, uh, just wasn't um, that at least that program wasn't for me. By the time I tried to go to college, like I said, I was 33 and had already messed up plenty of my life as far as a criminal record. Um, and the things that I wanted to go to school for was the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical technician, or um, I also would you know was interested in the um, investigation unit, like for um, police, and I could not do either one of those uh the board would you know i was told by the dean of the school that the board would never certify me because of my history of uh you know misdemeanor crimes or whatever and as well as the dui 
that I had on my record. Um, and then I, I would never be certified for the board to be in a pharmacy. That's got to be a tough blow. It really was. Um, you know, they tell you your whole life you can be anything you want to be. And, you know, you make some mistakes. Um, do your time. You know, I did my crime and I did my time. And I get out and um, try to go to college and, you know, really try to get my life on the right track and do something that I was definitely called for and interested in and was not allowed to do it. And that really was a bummer. And so the only <laughs> the only field that would accept me was the medical field. And that's honestly the reason that I signed up for it was that it was the only field that would accept um, my record and that I could get certified in. And even if you had finished, do you think you could have gotten landed a job in it? That's why I quit because I knew how many people were, you know, this particular college that I went to was a more of a, like a private college. And so they did the place, job placement and things like that. And that's the reason that I wanted to go to this school because I knew that at the end of it, they would be placing me at a job. But even that wasn't a guarantee, and they let me know that up front. Um, because of the fact that I had so much on my record by this point, and, you know, I saw so many, you know, aspiring young women, you know, granted, I was so happy for them that they were, you know, discovering themselves and doing the right thing with their life, and I was very supportive. And... um at the same time, it was a reality check, as in, you know, when I go to these interviews and I'm up against, you know, somebody with a clean record um, that doesn't have all these things on their record and they've got the same education as me, you know, who do you think is going to get the job? You know, they're younger. They are absolutely, you know, clean recorded. You know, they don't have a record in the criminal history. Um I don't know. I just saw things for reality of what I was up against. And I really was not interested in the field in itself. I didn't. It wasn't for me. Fair enough. I mean, if you've got a really uphill battle, you've got to really want it. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't want it bad enough. Um, I wanted other things <laughs> uh, like family. <laughs> And, um, you know, granted, I knew that I needed to uh, have a career of some sort or at least just a job. I wasn't um, so much looking for a career as I was just something to pay the bills to keep a roof over my head um, and to try to, at this point, gain um, custody and things like that of my children back. So I wasn't really interested in having a career that I wasn't interested in. Yeah. Um, how has this impacted your own mental field, mental health with your mother? With the oh, she was. Oh my. Well, my mother still on a daily basis, um, impacts my mental health. Not so much within the last three years, because, um, within the last three years, I have come to know our savior and, and Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and that made all the difference in my life. And um, so I don't let her penetrate my, you know, 
I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I don't let her in like I used to. I don't let her. You're setting boundaries. Absolutely. I set boundaries and I'm okay with who I am today. And I don't base my worth off of definitely not off of what she thinks or has to, to say about me. So um, I've put up the, the boundaries for good, healthy reasons for myself and my own sanity. Okay. How has this affected your physical health, including, like, headaches? Do you get headaches? Um, Physical health, I think. Um, well, for the most part, I'm physically healthy. Um I stay pretty active. I'm always having to work, you know, for a living and, and, and make sure that, you know, uh, and I've never wanted to be um, obese. Um, I guess maybe now I, I kind of am. I don't know. I guess if you look at the doctor's charts for my height, I'm only supposed to be a certain weight and I think I'm 30 pounds over, which is obese. Um, I feel good in my skin though. And, um, I think I may still be struggling with some addiction issues, um, even though I'm a recovering addict on the illegal drugs. Um, I still struggle with food addiction. And so it's a real thing for me. And even though I like to eat healthy foods, um, my portion control sometimes can go up and down. And, um, you know, so there my weight patterns kind of go up and down as well. And I think that that's something that needs to be, you know, kind of looked at I've looked into going to like overeater anonymous groups and things like that because um just because I'm not 500 pounds now or even let's not just be that drastic but even I'm not even pushing like 250 yet but I know that if I continue some of these patterns that I have in my life that I could be and that my health will become poor you know high cholesterol you know high blood pressure um I went today because I donate plasma um, twice a week now, you know, for extra supplemental income. My protein was low and, you know, I feel like I'm eating healthy and, you know, plenty of protein and things like that. But so overall, my health, um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's been affected. It's been affected big time. Everything and everyone in my family was affected by my drug addiction. Um but I don't live in the past today. I, I look forward to today. I live with a lot of joy in my heart. And um, I've come a long way. And I'm happy about the progress that I've made. Um, whether they choose to realize you know, that or even give me the time of day to, to see the changes made. You know, well, that's their decisions and they're entitled to them. But I, I keep a good clo close group of friends around me that keep me in good spirits, which probably makes my health like a lot better than it ever used to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, what has been the most helpful tool when dealing with your, with your mother? Um, well, for me, my most helpful tool was Jesus. Honestly, um, I can't say, I can't, I can't say anything else because anything else would just be a lie. Um, my savior, you know, saved my life, saved my mind, saved my, um, my memories. It just, he just saved me. Um, I never, I always felt alone in the world and never felt like I really had anything or anyone to lean on. 
I've had a lot of family members just let me down and um you know, it was constant letdowns and you know, strangers were nicer to me than my own blood. Um, uh, most of my life. And so I found I found family in the street and literally I pretty much still feel that way for the most part. Like my family is people that I've been knowing for years that are not any relation to me at all. And, um, yeah, so I, I, my answer to that has to be Jesus. Jesus, uh, Jesus helps me cope the word and the studying of the Bible and applying it to my life and, you know, turning the other cheek and not being, um, you know, learning how to love without having to give all of myself to someone that I love. You know, it doesn't say we have to like everybody in that Bible. It just says that we should love one another and do, you know, the right thing at the right time for our fellow person. And I, I strongly live by that. I still live by that, even with people that hurt me. Um, it's harder to go through with family members and people that have hurt you, but I still try to... Um, still try to live my life in an upright manner no matter how they act or treat me so uh, Jesus really saved me yeah. how has this affected your family um, well my mother she's she's still at it you know she's still strong and strong thinking you know she's uh very controlling and think she has a handle on things. She's never handled anything in a healthy way. Never, never sought counseling. And I think maybe the one time that she did, she just made fun of the counselor and basically said, you know, you're not writing my book. And, and it, it was just a lot of negative things that I'd rather not repeat. But um, she doesn't speak. I have, like I said, I have an older sibling. She's four and a half years older than me. Um, she hasn't had the addiction issues. Now she went through some, some things herself, a lot of things herself. And, um, she's had a great partner, her husband that she met when, um, I don't know how old she was. I think maybe 16, 15 or 16 is when they started dating. I know that he has been somebody that I've been close to since I was 13. And, um, they've had a great life together. You know, they've, um, been through their hardships and things like that but they're still married to this day very happy for them they are 30 plus years of marriage now and five kids um my mother doesn't speak to any of them so yeah um no reason for that none my sister's done nothing to um to not have a relationship with her mother and as well as any of those grandchildren that she chooses not to call and check about, see about, doesn't care about, doesn't ask about, doesn't support, doesn't know, know them. And, um, there's really no rhyme or reason why. Cheryl's going to be back next week on Thursday at 10 a.m. with the rest of her story. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can always follow us on your favorite podcast platform or social media platform, as well as come to rachelonrecovery.com. If you have any questions, contact us either through social media or on 
uh, rachelandrecovery.com. And always, thanks for listening. See you guys next time. Thanks.